In today's episode, we'll be discussing Black Widow, directed by Kate Shortland, story by Jack Schaefer and Ned Benz, starring Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff, Florence Pugh as Yelena Bolivia, David Harbour as Alexia Shostakovich, a.k.a. The Red Guardian, O.T. Fagbini as Rick Mason, Olga Kurlenko as Antonia Drakov, Taskmaster, William Hurt as Thaddeus Ross, Ray Winston as Drakov, Rachel Weisz as Melina Vostokov, a.k.a. Black Widow. The movie was released July 9, 2021 on a budget of $200 million. I'm Mark. And I'm Kendrick. And this is Movies in Black and White. Since the gap between Incredible Hulk and Iron Man Man. 2, which was, uh, let's see, 2008 was Iron Man and Incredible Hulk, and 2010 was Iron Man. So since 2009, we haven't gone a full year without a Marvel movie. Do you know how heartbreaking that was to go through a whole year without a Marvel movie in theaters? Here's the thing about it. They came to define the year in movies. Right. I mean, Marvel movies was like, okay, we got everything else. Right. And here comes a Marvel movie. That's what we're, that's the payoff for, you know, yeah. being a movie fan right. in that year. Yes. Yeah. That's how Not having one events. was terrible. Like, you know, I, I attribute like what year a Marvel movie came out to the rest of the years of like of stuff that go. happened in my life. Right. Like, the year I met my wife, right? <laughs> Ant-Man. Age of Ultron. Like, <laughs> I met her between those two movies. I think we need to put the uh, meeting of your wife before those, but, you know. Well, uh, well okay. I mean, I, I, which brings I, me I, the most happiness, Mark. I am not answering that <laughs> You're question. You're not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> no, man. Don't kill me in my sleep, babe. I'm yeah. just kidding. It was, it was just a joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally got to use that. Jeez. <laughs> no, but anyway, uh, so, you know, this is the first full-blown Marvel Cinematic movie that we've had since Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Right, yeah. Was it Far From Home? Yeah. So what's the next one called? Was it? Was, it was Homecoming. No Way Home is no, the No next Way one. Home is the next yeah. one. Far From Home was the one that came out where they were in London and uh, right, stuff. Right, in okay. Europe, yeah. So, you know, it's the first movie since then. No, it's not the first Marvel Cinematic Universe thing since oh, no. uh, Far From Home. It <laughs> we've was, had we've had WandaVision. Things. We've had uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
Loki. we've had Loki. Yes. We're about to get What If. Oh, that's going to be just... I think that's going to be fantastic. What if's going to be pretty bomb. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, then we got Chang-Chi coming up in September, yes. which I, I honestly, like, I was not excited for Black Widow at first. Like, you're starting off a phase four with a pretty much in-betweenquel that takes place between Civil War and Infinity War. Right. Why the hell should I care? Ultimately, I ended caring, and I'll explain why I cared in a bit. Yes. But, you know, I'm more, I was more stoked for Shang-Chi. Right. And I'm I was too. stoked for Eternals. Honestly, I was I was more stoked for those two as well because yeah. I was like going, okay, you know what? We we know Black Widow's story. Right. We know these things happen. And you're putting this it's disconjointed. You know, it's outside of the cotton you know, the real continuity of everything. And it's like, why do you have a Black Widow movie when you know what's going to happen in this stuff? Well, it actually, but I think that's the beauty of this movie. Because I think it's kicking exactly. open the door to where you don't have to follow a specific timeline. For these movies anymore. I agree. And I came to think that way. Yeah. And I came to, you know, like, hey, like you said, the more trailers that were put out and everything like that, you're like, okay, the movie's getting kind of given away. But it was like, oh, this looks like a serious Marvel movie. Right. You know. Yeah. So this was the first one that fully kind of just separated itself timeline wise. Like, we've had movies where they're set in the past before, obviously, right. like Captain America. It had Captain to be Marvel, set during World War II, and then yeah. Captain Marvel, and then even Ant-Man the Wasp was set between, uh, right during Infinity War. Right. It was kind of like right at the same time. Exactly. And then, obviously, it had to be because of the way Endgame played out. Like, right. Like, you had to Snap. get to that point. Happened. So, you know, this is the first one where there's no rhyme or reason besides the fact that they need to introduce these characters while Widow's still alive. Yes. And they have the ability to, and it works story-wise to fit between those two movies. And I'm kind of, I'm actually really sad now that they killed Widow because I fucking loved the family dynamic. Oh, it was movie. insane. David it Harbour was... and Florence Pugh, I think that's how you say her last yes. name, are freaking awesome additions to the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. I could they just are. watch a Red Guardian and Florence Pugh, Elena, Black yeah. Widow, t- Disney show. Like, yep, give me I think that because so. they were funny as hell together. The way that Red Guardian was as a person, despicable, but yet hilarious and loving at the same yes. time. Yes. He was, I mean, you know, the scene where he's like, so, can you talk about me? Yeah. <laughs> Natasha, <laughs> Natasha, I need to talk to you. Yes. <laughs> like, Okay, what do you need? Like they didn't like him at that no. point in the movie. They're just like this dickhead. And then he's like, Did he ever talk about me? Yeah. And she's like, Who? You're who? such a narcissist. America. Like, oh my oh, god. He doesn't even know who you are. Like yeah. and then the, the my favorite part is when he's in the prison getting a tattoo and like having arm wrestling. Yeah. And he's talking about a time he fought Captain America and that big burly guy's Earth. like Captain Which America wasn't even unfrozen at the time. Yes, I know what you're gonna say. Probably Ursa. It is. Yeah. No, it, it's not probably. It is. Yeah. He announced it after the movie came out. He went on Twitter and he's like, I'm so happy to say that I am playing Ursa Major. IMDb yeah. got it right. I am the first mutant in the Marvel Cinematic awesome. Universe. Awesome. So I, you probably never see him again. Probably just a throwaway character. Yeah. It would be cool to see him back because I looked him up afterwards and he's really, he's just a big ass bear. Be nice to check out the winter guard if right. they introduce the winter guard that'd be really great right but you know and then it's a good way to bring in uh wolverine's canadian team what were they called again is that, uh is it, it was an alpha flight but it, it, it was um it was an alpha flight alpha, al- he was part of alpha flight yeah 
but it was, I know that. it was a Canadian X-Men team he yeah. was part of. And I yeah, forget the name before like he even joined the X-Men. Right. So that would be a cool way to introduce those, to bring in Wolverine. I, like, I like how they're going to slowly start introducing mutants. Like, mm-hmm. the mutants are kind of now popping up and maybe have just been there before. There was a huge explosion of them. Right. But I think what's going on with Loki, which I still yet we have yet to finish watching, so I'm not going to uh, talk about, is going to yes. feed into a lot of this more, which will just open a whole different like dynamic world for everything right i kind of wish though that we would have gotten black widow before the disney shows i think but so at the same time i'm happy we got it when we did because the end credit scene for black widow would have had made zero fucking sense exactly exactly if it weren't for that when julia louis dreyfus shows up right i'm like okay i know who she is contessa like, valentina yes, yes. And she they don't name drop her really like I don't think Florence Pugh really says her name during that scene. Well, she, she says Valentina. Yeah. That's it. Yep. I mean, if you knew your comics, then you know who she is. Right. If you don't, you're just like, who the fuck is this bitch? Exactly. Like, who does she want? Setting up Dark Avengers. Yep. 100%. Yep. Calling it right now. 100%. I am down for this because now she's got Black Widow Yelena on her team and U.S. Agent. Funny Falcon story. Agent. I was sitting there today and we had, you know, after my fifth time watching it today, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to kelsey yes and i was saying hey you know they're setting up dark avengers blah 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 and i go into this whole spiel and she's like looking at me like mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah <laughs> dark <Sure>. avengers yeah <laughs> like she said i love you but you know <laughs> who the hell are they what are yeah. they about yeah I, I really hope that you find out she's working for like norman osborne or something oh would be really cool certainly i wouldn't put it past them right well, I I would because after the whole Disney Marvel or not Disney Marvel, but the Sony. Marvel Sony deal yeah. almost fell through. Like if it wasn't for Tom Holland, we probably wouldn't still be getting that deal, which right. would probably That's really true. piss me off because of what they're going to be doing with No Way Home. Yeah. So exactly, you know, it, it's they have a lot they're doing, and I hope mm-hmm. Sony sees the smart judgment call they made and keeps going with it. Because if they don't, Sony fucked themselves after right. the last two. Well, freaking spider-man right how i mean and with these new the way the marvel cinematic universe is going they're shot. leaning more into the multiverse now right and that's where they're heading they can start looping in the sony stuff no fuss no muss oh like, of course that's, that's their window to bring in venom and carnage yes. and all the sony owned properties mm-hmm. sony would be dumb not to take that option really dumb and then it would be it, that's the way they can bring back their dead characters because like they've said in the marvel cinematic universe dead is dead you can't bring back dead that's right. it they're dead like tony Dead. Dead. Yep. Uh, Natasha. Dead. dead. Yep. Thanos. Well, t- one timeline version of Thanos. Yeah. Dead. Dead. Yeah. Gamora. Gone. Well, actually, two timeline. No, he got same. dusted. They've yeah. said they can bring back the dust. Oh, again. that's true. That's so true. all it takes is a snap of those fingers right. to bring him back. And I think eventually they may end up bringing him back for like some kind of showdown or something. Right. And especially if they're leaning towards like Kong the Conqueror, Kang the Conqueror. Right. It's the devil you know. There you go. And I agree. Thanos would probably be helpful, like his army. So you, you mean. They have the tools to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Like, that's yeah. the beauty of Marvel is they don't leave okay. any doors fully closed. So, you know, just because Natasha de- died at the end of Endgame doesn't mean you won't see a version of Natasha come back uh-huh. yeah. and get suspended. And after seeing her in this movie, like, this was Scarlett Johansson's swan song. Oh, it was. And yeah. besides one issue I had with the movie, it was the perfect swan song for her. Right. It was... I will be. I've told everybody this that I've talked about this movie. I even warned my aunt against showing her kids this movie because right. it is the darkest subject matter I have seen. Oh, in it Marvel is. It, that's yet. exactly what I 
these are the exact words I've right. used to. This is the darkest that Marvel like, has ever I am been. not a squeamish person. There's mm-hmm. very few movies that make me squeamish. Like right. the scene in John Wick Chapter 3 where the dude gets a knife slowly through the eye. Yeah. Or in Nobody where the dude gets a teapot through oh, the skull. Oh, like that makes oh, me Lord. just like, oh, that was gross, yeah. but okay. That was something. This movie made me sick to my stomach at points. Like just like just the subject matter of girls being taken, taken. abducted, yeah. and brainwashed. Like, you know, I don't like the idea of somebody not being in control of their own mind. Right. This is why I don't drink heavily because I don't like being drunk. I don't do drugs. I cannot stand the thought of my mind not being mine. Okay. Yeah. So the idea of these girls not like the saddest scene in this movie for me was when Yelena said, this is the first piece of clothing I've actually got to buy for buy myself. myself. Yes. And it was that jacket with all the pockets. That was crazy. I love how they did that because it tied into Infinity War and Natasha's new look. Right. Because she gave her the jacket and that's what she wore right. for that movie. So it was cool to see how Natasha got her new look. Yeah. But, you know, just, just that being the subject of this movie, it's like, holy shit, this is a whole new Marvel. Yeah. Like, they, they, they clearly can get away with whatever they want to get away with. Well, here's the thing. And I, I talked to uh, many people about this too with this movie mm-hmm. is, you know, and and we've talked about it a little bit before. Wonder Woman shoved a lot of just woman m- power. Woman power. Yeah. Men are horrible yep. things down your throat. Yes. In this movie, you got woman power, and, and you got you got men were horrible, and you got men were horrible. Yeah. But you got it in a way that's like it was okay, a very balanced act. In a real almost a real world sort right. of way. Yes. You know, not just an over over the top kind of way. Right. And that was great. I mean, they they did the whole, like you said, the human trafficking element, the you know, uh men taking advantage of women mm-hmm. in the in those senses. And like, wow, you got that. But right. you also got, hey, you know what? We're gonna go fight this right. evil dude. Yes. That's doing this. Right. You know, and being and we're, we were able to see, hey, it, it played in the movie so and well. Ray Winston. Yeah. Awesome. Like, yeah. He, he was oh. very minimally in the movie for a bad guy. Yes. He was more of the puppeteer pulling the strings. Exactly. Taskmaster was like fucking Terminator. Yeah. Anytime Taskmaster showed up, I was like, oh, I was like, shit, oh, shit's going to happen. Go down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the scene where Taskmaster came in with the truck and started mowing shit down. I'm just, just like. Oof, yeah, this and, is rough. And it was basically almost an homage to Terminator 2. Right, yes. You know, that scene where <laughs> Terminator's coming down with a semi yeah. and they're chasing him on the motorcycle. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, Kate Shoreland did such a wonderful job. Right. In, in just melding all those elements together. Yet again, it's Marvel picking the right person yes. for the job. They, yes. they do their homework, they take the chance, and they let them do what they want to do but still have the control to make it you know they they say here's your parameters work within these parameters it's well known from the get-go but feel free to change how you see exactly work and if it works better than we think it will we can deviate from there and change it as we go that's the beauty of what they do you have freedom within this these parameters right and it's like they give you that, you know, like you said, you start off with this little circle and then you right. go to a very big circle and say, hey, these are the ideas and it's working so far in this movie. Right. Let's continue on with it. Yeah. The, so, like I said, the subject matter, hard. Yeah. Hard to watch, hard to stomach at points. And like you said, you know, it doesn't shove it in your face. And right. It, it did a really good balancing act to that. And I really appreciate that because that's like my biggest pet peeve with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Especially 
Wonder Woman 1 and even a little bit with 84. Like, right, right. I did not care for 84. I don't think we ever talked about that on here. Yeah. I was not a fan of 84. I Steve Trevor was, was obviously the highlight. <laughs> and Pedro Pascal was great. Yeah. But it was just totally off the wall, all over the place. Didn't make sense at times. It, the MacGuffin was stupid. It, it didn't just, make sense. Even was, if you saw Steve Trevor as this guy as Steve Trevor, right. this, she still knew it was this other guy. Right. So I, she just was rolling with that. Yeah. yeah. The whole we'll thing. So I was not that. a fan of that movie. But yeah. I'm happy to say I was wrong about Black Widow. Yes. I was not stoked to see it, but I knew it would be a good movie. Right. But I did not think I would like it and enjoy as much as I did, even with the dark subject material. And this right. is one of the few Marvel movies. It's actually in a club of like five other Marvel movies mm-hmm. that actually had an opening intro theme before the title. Oh, yeah. They did the song yeah. with exactly. all the, the, you know, Natasha training and everything. Like, right. that was hard to watch with the song that it was playing. It was, man. Like, the, oh, that, 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 you know. Kurt Cobain song that they went and yeah. did. Teen Ooh. Spirit was yes. really done well. Yeah. Uh, and it played, like you said, it played insanely good with the backdrop of what was going on. It was, like, very gritty and dark. And it was like, oh, my gosh, these girls are getting taken, separated. Mm-hmm. And then he makes the line, says, oh, you know, get rid of the uh, re- rejects or, right. you know, yeah. the defects. Yeah. Get rid of the defects. And, it's like, and his line later dude. in the movie was, uh, what do you say, the one natural resource that we're abundant of. And he's talking about girls. Yeah. I was like, oh, this guy's got a really he's fucking a skewed. fucked up dude. Yeah, this guy's not okay in the head. No. Like, not, not all right, man. No. Like, you're, all right. you're training these badass women. You know, you should have known this shit was coming. If one of these get out of your control, they're going to fuck you up. Yeah. And plus, you're training them, but you're also just using them as disposable. Just, yeah. Hey, yeah. They're just disposable because there's so many of them. So I'm going to get the heavy spoiler territories because yeah. we got to talk about this oh, yeah. right away. The fact that Taskmaster was not comic book accurate to a certain degree. It was not a Tom guy. Tom Masterson. Yes. It Tony was, Masterson. It was um, Dracov's daughter. Yes. And that was obviously Natasha's biggest regret in life loki uh, brought it up in avengers yeah. and everything That's talking crazy. about her red ledger right Dracov's daughter she killed Dracov's daughter by setting off an explosion when she thought she killed Dracov to join shield like that was right. her gateway into getting into shield was killing Dracov, and the only way she could do that was by seeing the daughter in the building that's how she knew Dracov was there right and it was cool to hear hawkeye's voice and seeing nods to hawkeye yeah i feel like we could have done a little bit more with her story of how she joined shield. Cause I feel like that's a huge part of her character. Right. But it was all a balancing act and what we got. I can live with, I can you know, too. It was great. So, you know, the fact that taskmaster was revealed to be Dracov's daughter. Right. And she was all fucked up, torched. She had a chip, chip in her, in her head. head. Yeah. He claims he did it because he didn't want his daughter to die. Kind of like he's hinted at, it doesn't really state it, but like, that motherfucker just, did went, it because he yeah, wanted another he wanted person to control. Yeah, he wanted exactly. A fucking he wanted that. And you know, the, I didn't like know that was Drake Star. I didn't know who Taskmaster was. It was there was hints. There are people. There was rumors thinking that um, what's his name, the guy that provided Natasha with all her stuff. Oh, the uh, OT. I forget his OT. Benjoa or something like that. Yeah, he, the, his that. character. They thought that was going to be. He was going to be revealed to be Taskmaster. OT. Oh. Fagan Rick Mason. It's Rick yeah. Mason. Everybody <laughs> thought Rick Mason was gonna be Taskmaster. Right. The black. I, was, I call him the black uh, Ben Affleck. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like Ben Affleck. That's fair. <laughs> I'll give you that. So when it got revealed, I was like, "Damn!" 
okay, it's not prepared for that. Right. This works. You know, they, they take what they can and make it work for the story. That's what beauty of what Marvel does. They take from their source material and right. alter it however they see fit so to make it work. Well. You know, this is not a, uh, a Mandarin situation, which a lot of people were irritated with. I enjoyed that twist because I thought it was out of the box, something completely different. And I still believe that they can possibly, I mean, you know, Iron Man in a different guise is going to come back. But, you know, I still believe they could take that and say, oh, he really was Mandarin. Well, so in Chang-Chi, the main gonna... villain is Mandarin. Yeah. That's Wenwu. Right, know, right. And it's Chang-Chi's dad. Dad, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I won't be surprised if there's uh, Iron Man references. And right. And they, they reference ben, uh, oh, yeah. ben Kingsley's character. Yeah. So, Trevor, Trevor Sakari, um, the the fact that they pulled that wool over our eyes right. and revealed that and it worked and landed so well kind of shows how Marvel's grown as storytellers from I agree. Iron Man 3 days to this to where nobody I, – I had not heard any sort of backlash on that really. Yeah. So, you know, they did a really solid job. Like, all the jokes landed. Even the joke about having their uteruses taken out. Yeah. Which is very touchy, touchy subject. subject. Yeah, which is really and dark, too. They hit it and landed it. And yeah. I was like, I don't feel bad about laughing at this. Because like, this, this is good. This, yeah. It's funny. But at the same get time, in there it's like, chop it all out. When you really think about it, it's <laughs> wow. fucked up. And then she's like, oh, I was getting ready to talk about fallopian tubes. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, my God. You know, that was her idea. Yeah. Florence Pugh pushed Dude, for that. Yeah. So, like, the fact that they got this cast together is amazing. Like, Rachel Weiss is badass. Oh, yeah. She's not in it that much, but what she's in it, she owns. And David Harbour kills it. Yeah. Uh, what were we going to say about Rachel I was going to say, you know, she's going to be possibly later on put in as Iron Maiden. Because that's who she is in the co- Her character really? is in the comic books. Okay. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because that's what I'm saying. You could go in a whole different, a whole direction with the winter guard right in this you know i love the fact that that one point they called uh david harbour's character red guardian crimson dynamo yeah it's a whole different like, character it's red guardian but whatever <laughs> it was just like it, david harbour uh, killed it yeah uh, florence did. Pugh killed it and the uh scarlett johansson like i said it's a schwan song right so the cast was phenomenal the family dynamic the fact they got that to work oh, man. so well so quickly and you could tell that they were a unit even though they didn't like each other yeah was impressive. Impressive. The comedic timing, like you said, between all of them was like, okay, you guys have been working at this for quite a while right. here. You've been, you, you've known each other and you could see, okay, the uh, rivalries between all of them. Okay, yeah. you guys weren't parents. Yeah, you're real yeah. parents. And, and well, you know, and they, yeah, between the sisters. I love how they showed that they were parents because, like, yes. you know, Rachel Weiss's character kept the book. Kept yes. the fake photo album. Exactly. David Harbour remembered American Pie, and he started singing it to Yelena right. to calm her down. And you know that was actually David Harbour's idea, that right. song. Did you oh, read really? that? Yeah. Yeah, so he actually came out and said, yeah, that song oh, idea was wow. my idea. That's I awesome. wanted something, because originally what was supposed to happen was he was just supposed to leave the room. He uh, wasn't there. There was not supposed to be anything else. Gotcha. But he's like, well, why don't we try this and see if this works? And so they incorporated it into the story very and good even the poser thing the the whole poser like that was florence Pugh as well yeah like she these guys really brought their a game to this to movie, this movie. And it shows yeah. like i don't think this movie would have been a fraction as good if these characters and these actors weren't given the ability to grow within the story i agree with that and, and that's that's the big thing about movies it's a collaborative effort there's no one person that really just takes control i mean the director says, obviously hey. is the head figure right this the, the movie's made or break by the director right because they're the ones that ultimately make all the choices right exactly 
But when it's a true collaborative experience and people actually get to put forth what they want to put forth and they all come together and make it work, this is the prime example. This movie, like I said, would yes. have been a fraction as good if they wouldn't have allowed these characters <laughs> to no. to work together the way <laughs> exactly. they work together. Like I could not imagine that movie without the Tozer jokes. No. Without the American Pie song. Like it just it made the story work right. positively. I just like I said, I can't imagine it without that stuff. So when she wow. lands the last time, when Puke lands the last time and she goes, <laughs> yeah, she's like, Oh, it's gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like I love the Gosh. I love their Russian accents. Like they all did yeah. good. The only one that I couldn't get behind with the Ray, uh, with their accent was Ray Winston. Okay. I, I could just keep hearing his normal accent, accent come through yeah. sometimes and I'm yeah, like, yeah. Mm, you know, okay, like you're not in it that much, so right. fuck so, it, whatever. You're doing cool. you're doing yeah. the best you got with what you get. Uh, William Hurt. I'm surprised he had such a small role in this movie. Uh, like surprising, he was barely in it. But not surprising. Because here he's going to come back through. See, I think they should have de-aged him a little bit. Because he oh, yeah. looked skinny yeah. and way older. And I don't understand the cane. I mean, she made the reference that he had another triple bypass or something. And I'm like, I don't... You know I what they're setting up, though, right? Red Hulk, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to take a super soldier serum. Yeah. He's going to get... Hulk five and then and you could keep William Hurt in the role, but William Hurt doesn't right. have to exactly you know, stress out so much. He can exactly. just do a voice, like, and you get somebody else to do the motion capture. Yeah, I mean, Mark Ruffalo does his motion capture. I mean, he does the voice for Smart Hulk and right. all the Hulks leading up, right. obviously. But I think that would be a good way to go because William Hurt's too good of an actor, and General Ross is too cool of a character, character. to just throw away. Mm-hmm. So that's really smart. Yeah. That was, leans into that Dark Avengers. Yep. I think that's like the big thing they're building towards before they really like unleash Kang the Conqueror. Like I said, I think Kang's going to be the next Thanos. Dark Avengers is going to be the next like team up movie where they bring in a whole new Avengers to fight the Dark Avengers. And you're going to see like a a Captain America knockoff, a Black Widow knockoff, Mm -hmm. an Iron Man knockoff. You're going to see them all. Yeah. So that'll be cool. Wonder if they'll put, uh, you know, with the Dark Avengers, of course, you had a Wolverine knockoff. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was his son. Yeah. Dakin, right? Dakin, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, maybe. It depends yeah, so. how quickly they introduce the X-Men. Yeah. Because you can't introduce, you know, Dakin before you introduce before you, Yeah. Like, Wolverine. You mean oh, happen. speaking of which, did you see the internet, like, was going nuclear because Kevin Feige took a picture with Hugh Jackman? Yeah. And everybody was losing their fucking minds. Everybody's like, holy shit, he's coming back. They're, it's like, no, no. Yeah. Hold up. Like, Kevin Feige was... You know, executive producer of X Men One and Two. Right. He was there for those movies. That's mm-hmm. where he got his start. Really, like he knows Hugh Jackman. It's not that yeah, out of character for him to go take a picture with this guy. It's probably like an old friend Ugh. finally seeing you know each other for the first time in a while. Right. Let's get a photo. Exactly. Like, don't read too much into that because as much as I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and I would like to see him back as Wolverine, I don't want him back as Wolverine. No, Logan I don't want either. Logan was too perfect of a swan song to right. bring him back. Right. He had his moment in the sun. It would make Logan meaningless. I, I don't know about meaningless, I'll, but it would definitely diminish it a little bit. It would diminish yeah, – I think it would diminish it greatly because, right. I mean, you're sitting there going, okay, he died. Right. The The tone after that movie, mm-hmm. that was the – I think that was the darkest that Marvel has ever gone for me. Yeah, but that wasn't like true. That was Fox, right? But that was I mean, the darkest Marvel esque yeah, movie that we've got. Exactly, I will, I will agree. With and that. it was like, man, and that was the most that was the most emotional, emotional, yeah, movie at least in my opinion. Yeah, for Marvel that they've ever done. I mean, you've got a character that had been in that been in the limelight since the two thousands, early two thousands, yeah. and you know, 
finally he's like saying I'm done. This is it. Exactly. And the way he went out was just like wow, <laughs> right in the feels, bro. Yeah, right in the feels every time. But yeah, uh, you know, Black Widow has brought back Marvel movies to the forefront. I mean, yeah, they've done a great job keeping us occupied in the last you right. Know, I don't year. think we could have survived this long without something. No. And you know, when WandaVision first came out, I was like, okay. Like, it's great to feel the Marvel vibe again. Right. And then Falcon, like I told you earlier, because you haven't finished Loki yet, we were talking a little bit about it. You know, uh, WandaVision, it, it opened the door, right? And then Falcon Winter Soldier came out, and it kicked the door open to more right. stuff. And then here comes fucking Loki blowing the door off the hinges and taking the house out with it at the same time. And you're just like, okay, where the fuck are we going from here? I can't And then here comes Black Widow with just like a nice secluded story that's very well contained but will still have somewhat of ramifications going down the line yes and it was just a nice change of pace from what we've been getting and it was a nice soft introduction back into the movie marvel cinematic universe right and i feel like jane chi is going to take off and like really you know just go i think so too and i think that you know since abominations in that movie i won't be surprised if we see julie uh her name is so hard to pronounce sometimes. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes, thank you. Uh, she shows up to recruit Abomination. Oh, yeah. Originally, they were going to recruit Abomination for the Avengers. Right. Like, that was their plan. But then, if you ever see the Marvel one shots, they sent Tony Stark Tony's in to talk to yeah. General Ross at the end of Incredible Hulk to make sure that didn't happen, which was just right. fantastic. <laughs> like, was who's awesome. the one guy we get to sabotage this that won't realize he's sabotaging? Oh, Tony Stark. Stark Fuck yeah. yeah. He, he's just a dick. Hell That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, this movie. The action was impressive. It was like uh, it was like a Bourne movie almost. I saw comparisons really? to Bond, but I didn't get Bond vibes from it. Yeah, I didn't Bond either. More just, I got you know more Bourne identity. Yeah, it was more Bourne. It was gritty well. action, while right. Bond is more sometimes camp. Like the newer Bonds, sure, more gadgety though. Like she didn't have many gadgets that she was playing with. No, she didn't have. I love the joke. He's like, "You should have brought the Avengers jet." Yeah, <laughs> they had the helicopter <laughs> crash. That Crashed was fantastic. Out. So, you know, she didn't have that many crazy gadgets. She had what she had, and she worked with it. Right. And then, you know, so I got more Bourne vibes from it than Bond. Yeah, because it leaned on her uh, training a lot more. Right, than, yes. It you was know. taken out of her, her normal area exactly. that she was in, you know, taken out of her comfort zone that she'd right. been getting used to and kind of put back to basics, right. and she made it work. Oh, yeah. So, like definitely. I said, it, definitely Scarlett Johansson. She put her all into this movie. Like I said, the only... I had one complaint with this movie. What's that? And the only complaint that I had was the ending, like everybody else. Like, I like the ending, but I felt that it was out of sorts. Because you have the epic moment at the end where her family leaves with all the widows. You know, right. They're, they're going off to go take care of these people, to take care of Dracov's daughter because she survived it. Mm-hmm. They they had this the, – the MacGuffin that smoked was pretty cool. Like, that, that was a smart way to introduce him. You know, the widows and the MacGuffin for the right. movie was the smoke to be able to clear yeah, exactly. out the, their mental yeah, the fuck-uppery yeah. that had been going on there. Right. So that, you know, once they got all that, the people mind-wiped, taken care of, everybody was back to normal and they got to start making their own choices. They went off their own. And then she was waiting for Ross to show up. Right. And then it just cut, cut. off. And, and you're they, like, what? 
okay. How did she get out of there? How did she right. get all this? And how did know? she get to the Avengers jet? You know, yeah. like she went back and met Rick Mason and he got her the Avengers jet and she went to go help Steve break everybody out of the raft, which was right. cool. But I'm like, there's something missing here that I felt could have been pertinent. Yeah. Now, definitely. There is a rumor that because of the fact that Secret Wars is coming out with this, the scroll and everything, mm-hmm. that maybe that has something to do with it. I don't really. I feel like they just cut it just because it wasn't necessary, wow. and they yeah. may save it for like something else that's really. I don't think it's as important as everybody wants to make it out to be. Right. But then again, it's Marvel, so they do crazy shit like that all the time. Yeah. Where they, you know, they send you on a fool's errand, and then you're like, oh, right, oh great, you're following all this <laughs> <Never> stuff. <mind. laughs> yeah. This is where we're at now. Okay. Huh. So you know. Yeah, because that, that's the part I I would was, say I had a problem only with part too. of the movie that was choppy. Right. And I don't think it was really not thought out i think they had a plan and then they were like okay well let's do this and see how this plays out and then they just ran with it you know they can't give away the farm no with whatever they're doing no, in no, one no, no, scene no. because maybe that one scene changes the whole dynamic right you know i don't believe mm-hmm. for a second that that natasha that died on in endgame was a scroll because then that would be a meaningless death that scroll has right. no connection exactly. to the avengers Nothing. or the family and then the soul stone wouldn't have been given itself given to Hawkeye to because yeah, it had to exactly. be somebody he loved. Even if it was a fake Natasha, I think mm-hmm. the soul stone would have seen through that. So I, I firmly believe that was the real Natasha. So that 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 uh, theory really doesn't hold any relevance for me. Right. Yeah, I don't think that's So a, I'll be curious to see if that's the scene, right theory either. And th- that scene was filmed. There, Kate Shortland, I think it was Kate Shortland, or one of the writers came out and said, yes, we filmed the scene with General Ross coming to arrest Natasha and there was something that worked out, and then that then it led to the scene of her going to break everybody okay. out of the raft. So I I don't I don't know. Maybe I mean, we'll get we'll, it in director's cut or something. Yeah, not a director's yes. cut, but I'm sure it'll play in somewhere eventually, or yeah. it could be like a one shot or something. Right. I mean, Marvel's in a good position now to do whatever the fuck they want, especially with the fact they got Disney Plus. Oh yeah. To go put stuff on. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, time will tell. We'll see, but I don't think. It's is going to be as pertinent as everybody's trying to make it out to be. No, I don't think so either. Just like you said, it it was just choppy. Right. Just didn't didn't roll with the continuity. Or I mean, it could also be maybe Natasha was sent to go spy on the the Avengers the whole time. Yeah. You know, and then Infinity War happened, and it just kind of was moot point because right. the world was ending, <laughs> and then everybody was just gone. Gone. So, yeah. So that was like the one thing that bothered me, but yeah, the Taskmaster though. Like the the her abilities, right? Were really cool. Like the fact that you, you could tell who she was mimicking. At oh all yeah, times. the whole time. And then like when her and Natasha flipped up and like posed off in front of each other on the bridge, right? Yeah. When she was first introduced, I'm like, oh shit. And then like the, they really leaned into the whole Terminator vibe with her visor, right? And how she was locking onto things. Yeah. I really can't wait till that movie. Well, out I, could, I, could, I got it on Disney of... Plus, so I could just pause it. Yeah. So I went and saw it in theaters, and then I came home. And I bought it on Disney Plus, so my okay. wife could watch it too, because she didn't, she couldn't go to the theater with me. Okay, yeah. Um, so I could go back and watch it and pause it on those scenes. Cause I'm curious what her monitor was saying or her visor was saying when it was going over the, uh, Natasha and stuff. What it was was uh, predicting probabilities uh, of what it? she's going to do, and okay, how she counter- how she would counter, that, yeah, that makes and sense. all that stuff. Who, what ability she would use and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was really cool. I like the the end credit scene though, where they, oh yeah, s- setting her on uh, Hawkeye. They're set. She was set. Valentina was 
pretty much turning Yelena against, against Hawkeye. Hawkeye saying this is the one that killed your sister. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, way to misread the room, but okay. It's, yeah, and plus, you know, I think she's going to find out. It's going to almost be like history repeating itself. Right. She's going to find out the truth well, and figure out that they were Yelena's best friends. not a bad guy. No. Like, in the comic books, Yelena's Black Widow is right. typically portrayed as a bad character. Right. This one, she was more of an anti-hero, kind of. Uh-huh. You know, she was, she was mind-wiped part of the movie, and then she got... Her memory's back, and then she went and found Natasha. They had, like, a brawl, kind of got back together, and exactly. then they started their adventure. So, you, you know, you really never got to see Elena's true motives besides taking down the Red Room. Right. Which is the whole point of the movie. And the Red Room was cool. Like, the, oh, the yeah. floating base the floating in the sky. Bases. Yeah. Like, when Guardian wakes up, and he's like, why are we Looks going up, up then? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think she'll, he always stayed in on yeah. the roof and stuff? And then it's like, I wow. was like, how did Shield not see that? Or how 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 did that? That's a big big fucking thing. fortress. It's a huge thing. Hey, maybe because Shield was Hydra, and Hydra might be a yeah. Part but of this was that. past that point where Hydra was Shield anymore. Oh, I know. So but they, you know, when Hydra was Shield, yeah. Though it's a possibility they knew about it, but didn't only right. certain members. I, knew I love about how it. they always just kind of toy with the fact that you know at that point Shield was Hydra. But yeah. everybody glosses over the fact that it was Shield wasn't Hydra. Shield was still Shield, Shield but there were Hydra, Hydra agents that had infiltrated Shield and kind of started the. manipulating things behind the ground. But Shield wasn't truly Hydra. True, true. So there was different factions. Shield was, there. you know, Shield was Shield, and you had Shield workers and right. all that stuff. And Nick Fury was there. Yeah, that was the whole there, point he of was Winter being, Soldier. Yeah. yeah, he was being manipulated from, from the top. Well, somewhat know? the top, because the council that ran Shield mm-hmm. was not Hydra. Right. You know, it was just Robert Redford's character. Right. That was, well, I mean, obviously a bunch of other people, but right, exactly. there was a sect within it. So it's kind mm-hmm. of always funny to me that they're always like, yeah, when S.H.I.E.L.D. was Hydra, it's like, well, not quite. But yeah. Okay, fair enough. We'll roll with that. Right. But the the whole opening scene taking place in the 90s, like, it, it, the way the movie started off, you're like, okay. In Ohio. Yeah, you're, you're stomping ground, Go bro. Buckeyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, it's like the whole opening, I'm like, just from the get-go, I'm like, boy, this is a totally different experience than what we're typically used to from Marvel movies. Yeah. Like, it's a very, I, w- I want to say heart-driven story. Very soul-driven. Like, And I think they want you know, the purpose of that, like we talked about before, was to give it, hey, there is a fam- the family dynamic. Right. And these girls, no matter if they, because she had been in the Red Room before, prior to that mm-hmm. already, no matter what they had done before, they were still being kids, and they were still kids, right. and still had that heart. And, uh, that was one of my family. favorite things about Yelena's character. She's like, it was real to me. Yeah, you know, every she time was they too brought small. the family dynamic, yeah. she's like, that you were my family. Like right. I didn't know my actual family. You people were my family. Exactly. It was real to me. Don't say that this wasn't real. Right. Because it was real. Right. And, like that was the great thing about her character. She brought them all. Back. She was like the glue that yeah. held everybody back together. I, I love how they put right. Natasha on a pedestal. Right. Because she was an Avenger. Right. And then. They're over here like, yeah, lady, you were the youngest child assassin of all time. It's like, yeah. hey, that's how y'all think of me. Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> dicks. But awesome. I, I, like I said, the family dynamic was one of the greatest points. And the comedy was freaking top notch. Oh, David yeah. Harbour, like, that dude is so I, – I don't want to say underrated because he's obviously grown a popularity because of Stranger Things. Even Hellboy, he was great in. Yeah. It was not a good movie. But he was he really was, good at he it. He was the best yeah. part of the movie. Exactly. And he, I, I sincerely hope that they bring Red Guardian back. 
I do too. For more stuff, I don't care what shape or form it takes. Right. You cannot underutilize David Harbour. No, that he can't be a, be a one-off. This yeah. cannot be a one-off. You, know, you already Marvel does a lot of good things, but they are notorious for underutilizing certain characters. Right. You know, it, we're finally getting Abomination back. Tim Roth is fantastic. Yeah. Like, he is one of the best there is. Well, here's the thing about Marvel. They tend to kill their villains. They haven't what? done that. They, the, they've been, they're getting get, out of that habit. Yeah, they're getting out of the habit. They're starting to finally see, hey, you know right. what? we got to use the first, these guys. I'd say the first two phases. Yeah. Because they were so dead set on getting to the point where Thanos is the ultimate bad guy. Right. But I'd say through phase three and onwards... They really stopped killing their villains, except for a few, like you know, Dormammu didn't die. Yeah, he didn't. You can't die. really kill Dormammu. It, no, uh, there's no problem. ego died, but that that, that was, had to happen. Yeah. Uh, let's see, um, Zemo didn't die. Zemo didn't die, I and mean, he played a huge part in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. And then, what was uh, Spider Man? Well, both Spider Man movies. Yeah. I mean, Mysterio died, died but did but he die? Did he you die? Know, that's the exactly. question. Exactly. So and then. Yeah, Vulture's still around, which is great. And he's showing up in Morbius, which I really want Morbius to come out because I want to see what the fuck is too. going on with that I want to see how that's going to cross yeah. over. I mean, and how that's if gonna... Sony's really just like leaning into letting the Marvel characters be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, smart move. Yeah. Like, you know, like Kevin Feige can give you notes, give you some direction. Mm-hmm. You can still stand alone on your own, but you can still walk into the fold if you need to. Just, man... Collect the check, Sony. Right. Just collect yeah. the check. Let them, let them help you, and you just get your money. Because you know you have shown in the past you cannot handle this by no, yourself. You so can't. Just let, let the master oh, work. My like gosh. he knows what he's doing. Let him work. Right. And you know, it, I I would actually be really curious to know how much Kevin Feige, like how much pull he has with other projects, and how often people contact him. Mm. To just get his Lots. advice. Like, I know John Favreau <laughs> talks to Kevin Feige on the frequent, you know, yeah. he helped him with The Mandalorian and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. That's part of the reason why Kathleen Kennedy gave John Favreau, or not John Favreau, but uh, Feige. Feige his own Star his Wars. Own Star Wars, Wars yeah. Because, you know, he's, he's just a very, uh, this is my opinion of the man. I've never met him. I would love to meet him. But from what I've seen, he seems like he's very detail-oriented. Right. He doesn't forget shit. No, I don't and think so either. He's so organized with his thoughts, and he probably doesn't share it with many people. So if he needs to change it on the fly, he probably gets minimal pushback because right. he's the one that's like, okay, you know what? We were kind of going this direction, but we're going to veer and we're going to make it work. I agree. Dude's an awesome guy. I can definitely agree with that. God, I would love to meet that guy. I'm a, I'm a Feige fanboy. I don't care. <laughs> so, Kevin, if you're listening, you know, man, we'd love to have you on the show. I, I don't even need to have you on the show. I would just love to meet you in general. <laughs> like, having you on the show is, like, goals, obviously. Right. Like, at that point, I could never do the podcast again and just be happy. Like, yeah. I could probably die happy. <laughs> but just meeting him would be enough. Just being able to shake that dude's hand and be like, thank you. You know, you brought a lot of happiness to people's lives. You gave me more than I could ever hope for with superhero movies. Right. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good superhero movies out there. Oh, there's yeah. There's a lot of good stuff, and I think a lot of that's due to this man putting yeah. forth the work and the effort to make it more streamlined and prominent than it ever was before. And I think, you know, really meeting any of the directors that have been kind of under his tutelage, you know, if you sit back and you go, okay, Coogler or, or, or you know, Taika Waititi, Favreau. you know, Favreau, yeah. 
all those guys. I mean, oh my gosh, man, just to meet these folks. And, and I've noticed a trend where the directors that don't end up getting along with Marvel are actually some bad eggs. So like, there's, I I love Josh Whedon at one right. point. I thought he was great. Thought he was fantastic. And then what he went and did for the Snyder Cut and the things, the allegations that were pressed against him, that he did during that. And I could, I could definitely see how his relationship with Marvel broke down. Yeah. So anytime yeah. somebody says that they did not get along with Marvel or this, that, and the other, I'm like, well, then I'm starting to think you were the problem. Yeah, now. you're kind of the outlier. Like Alan you're Taylor, not... you know, when he directed Thor The Dark World. Right. A, I don't think he was the best choice for that movie. No, I don't think I so I think either. they kind of went the wrong way with it a little bit. I really enjoyed Kenneth Branagh's depiction of Thor and Asgard. Yes. And then with... Alan Taylor's The Dark World, they kind of leaned it more towards fantasy than sci-fi fantasy right. with the way that Asgard was portrayed. And yes. they kept that look for everything else subsequently from that on, mm-hmm. which was cool because that's, you know, you set the precedence, you ran with it, that's cool, that's fine. I'm good with that. But I really like the way Kenneth Branagh was set up. Yeah. Thor. And I wish they would have kept him for Thor too. But Taikai Waititi, I don't think, would, I don't think he would have been an option. If Kenneth, so everything worked out for a reason because the yeah. guy came in and just fucking took it. it right yeah, the he did. And then it what they have amazing. coming up with Thor: Love and Love Thunder, Thunder is probably just going to be. I just I can't even begin to imagine. <laughs> it's going to be something else. So you know, it was an interesting resurgence into the Marvel Cinematic Universe with this movie. Right. I think it was like I said a nice ease back in right. because. It was supposed to come back in before the Disney Plus show. Yeah. So it would have been an easy, a nice ease back in. It would have been a nice little introduction to Phase 4. It does not really – it doesn't really do much for Phase 4. You know, like Iron Man did a lot for Phase 4 because it ended with that end credit scene of I'm Nick Fury. I'm here right. to start the Avengers initiative. I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Exactly. I think it did the similar thing, though, at the end with okay. Valentina. Right. Like I said, with Dark Avengers. Mm-hmm. But I, like I said, I do not think that's going to be the big bad of this next set of phases. No, I think you know, um, this movie movie was incredibly well layered. Right. I mean, you know, we talked about the comedy, we talked about the seriousness, we talked about the heart uh, of the movie. Right. I mean, it it covered all the bases uh-huh. in, in a movie that really there was so much doubt early on uh-huh. about this movie. There was like, I, okay, I, I'll be honest. I was one of those. You know what? Could, uh, yeah. So was I, I mean, yeah. it was like, okay, you're doing a black widow movie. Why? Yeah. What's the purpose? Um, but they fleshed, she, Kate, Kate Shortland fleshed this out yeah, so well she really did. that it was like, okay, it was honestly, I didn't think it was going to be worth the wait, but it was worth the wait. I mean, it was, you know, I would have liked to have it sooner, yeah. but you know, Hey, it was a good, like you said, a good re-entry right. into the Marvel Cinematic it, Universe. It, it, like I said, it didn't add anything crazy to the mix. Right. I think they had they added a few strings that they could tug on later, like with all the extra widows. Yeah. Uh, Taskmaster still being around. Yeah. I was so happy they didn't kill her because a like she's a badass. Yeah. Like, no doubt. You could reuse that character in several other things. Like I hope she makes an appearance in the Hawkeye show. I hope so too, be man. Because it cool to see. Like Hawkeye shooting arrows and seeing Taskmaster blow them out of the sky with arrows. Same thing, yeah. Because she's able to do that kind of stuff. Like the wow. the muscle memory on her is insane. Yeah. yeah. And I cannot get over the fact that you know it was Olga. Uh, what's her last name? Do you remember Olga Kurlyenko? Yeah, she's a Bond girl. When she's I, when I saw her name pop things. up on the screen, I'm like, who the fuck is she playing? Yeah. Like, where the fuck is she? Like throughout the whole movie, <laughs> then she shows up. Like ah, there she is. I see her. Yep. 
You know, I felt like Peter in that movie where every time they said Black Widow, I'm like, oh, there it is. There's the title of the movie. Uh, right. So, you know, when she showed up finally, I was like, oh, that makes more sense now. Like, yeah, and I was looking at – I was like, you know, wow, they made her really tall in the movie. But I was like, oh, no, wait a second. She's 5'9". Yeah. Uh, Pugh is 5'3". Right. And so Scarlett Johansson's a lot shorter, too, like 5'4", yeah. something like so that. So it wasn't and, her in the suit. Right. The whole movie. It was right, the right. stuntman. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, even when they were – they had her, you know, in – the suit and right. she was standing beside some people you know uh without that with the out the helmet mm-hmm. on and she was you could get the size you know differential yeah. you know but uh you know you know david harbour six three so i mean they did a, is he really six three yeah he's my height yeah they do a real good job of Have getting all those characters watched in there. um the hot wings challenge show. yeah oh, hot they, ones yeah the hot ones yeah. have you ever watched that i've watched a so couple of them. i haven't watched my, his my buddy, uh, todd sent okay. me the video of david harbour's yeah one you need to watch that oh i will dude's a bro like i will straight up one of the coolest easygoing dudes yeah i've ever seen in an interview like that is a dude i could just see like yeah i'd have a beer with you man you're cool yeah let's go hang out like apparently he plays D D a lot and stuff like that oh, too. okay yeah so Actually, that's something I need to get into, which I've never played D&D. I've never played it either. I think we'd probably enjoy it. I don't know. It'd probably yeah. be a good thing to kind of look into. Yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah, check it out. So, you know, it's just, I am excited to see where we go from here. This is not the movie that sets up where we go from here. I feel like right. Loki's the one that's setting up where we oh, go yeah. from here. But I feel like they're, I think they're doing a multi-layer where we go from here. Like, they're, yes. they're laying out as many options as they can. And they're going to start – they have so much going on. Like now that Marvel's back in full swing, mm-hmm. it's going to be nonstop. Oh, like, I agree. I hope everybody enjoyed their break. They're going to It was a nice to the little metal break like, when you think about it because it makes you appreciate what you have so much more. And right. Marvel, they, they were killing it at the box office. Like Black Widow was making a ton of money oh. and everything. But then it, it only stayed at number one for a week because Space Jam came out. Right. Which – I can understand why it took the top spot because it's oh, a yeah. kid-friendly kid movie and yeah. everybody's excited to go take their kids to see Space Jam. Right. You know, that, that's a movie I grew up with. And if my son was a little older, I'd be taking him to go see it. But by no means do I think it should dethrone Black Widow as the number one movie right now. Right. And I, I think by no stretch of imagination is Black Widow going to take any sort of records away from any other Marvel movie. No. Given the time that we're in. Right. It's not going to happen. Well, None of the movies I mean, are going to make we're on you know, the billion of this dollars. Movies are going to start coming back in full force. They're going right. to start making their money again. But it's not going to make the normal, typical Marvel MO. This was never going to be a billion-dollar movie. We may of. see Shang-Chi reach, uh, you know, I, I think actually Shang-Chi worldwide could probably go 7.5, you know, 750 I, million. I, I was thinking more 800 million probably. Yeah. Uh, right now, Black Widow's sitting at 264 million. Right. Uh, I think, you know, that still has, I think it'll probably end up taking, if Snake Eyes, I don't think Snake Eyes is going to do, I hope it does well because it seems like yeah. G, they're truly trying to get G.I. Joe off the ground the right way this time. Right. So I'll be, I, I think the movie looks interesting. But I don't think that the consumers are going to be behind it the way they hope they're going to be. I don't think they are either. And I think this is the wrong time to introduce a, a universe right now with everything that's going on. You you got to take some safe bets right now mm-hmm. instead of or some more indie bets that yeah. you really won't lose a lot of money on. Like I agree. starting new blockbuster franchises is dangerous. Like the fact they put out Mortal Kombat in this time frame, which it did well and enough to warrant a sequel. Right. But it was that was a gamble. 
And mm-hmm. the only reason that movie did well was because you geared it the right way. Yes. So, you know, starting a new franchise of sorts, even though there were G.I. Joe movies before this, you're setting it apart as the G.I. Joe universe with, you know, a G.I. Joe origin, origin Snake Eyes. Yeah. I don't think this was the moment to do it. I think you should say that movie till Christmas when everything I would is agree. Finally done because like we're on the tail end of this. Like everybody's starting to get back in the world. Right. You know, every time I go to the theater, it's starting to get more and more packed. Right. I'm gonna go see Snake Eyes this week. Mm-hmm. So I I think that'll be a good indicator on where this is going. But come Shang Chi, I feel like everybody's gonna be back in the theaters ready to see I think this so movie. Too. And I think it's going to make about eight hundred million. I won't be surprised if Black Widow ends somewhere worldwide about five, six hundred million, maybe depending on. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. Okay. Where has it been released so far? Do you know off the top of your head? I do not. I can look it up. Don't worry. Uh, let's see. Release. It's been uh, box office right here. So on Thursday night previews have showed it. Like mm-hmm. it made easily fifty million dollars, or eighty four, eighty eighty million dollars. The first weekend. Okay. So it, it did really well the first weekend. And then it just kept going from here. Uh, North Outside North America, Black Widows earned $78.8 million in its opening weekend alone. And that's box office, not streaming? That was just in the just opening in theater. Weekend. Good. And then it had its best opening weekend pandemic in China with $3.2 million. So it's already opened in China, and China is usually – like a, a big box office draw. Yeah, yeah we'll see uh, what happens. So we'll see what goes there. I, I think as time rolls on, I think it, depending on, like I said, how Snake Eyes does, Black Widow may take back the top spot. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if it, let me rephrase. I think if it doesn't take the top spot, what's going to happen is Snake Eyes is going to take the top spot, Space Jam's going to drop down a third, and Black Widow's going to stay at second. Okay. Hmm. Just because it's a Marvel movie, right. everybody still wants to see it. Right. Even if and that, I mean, I'd be really curious to see how much money is made from Disney Plus premiere because you have to pay thirty dollars. Yeah, for the Disney Plus premiere, which I don't mind doing because you get to keep no. the movie at that point. Right. You're always going to have access to it. Exactly. So you know, thirty dollars ain't no sweat off my back to keep yeah. that movie. Um, I'd be curious to see what the Disney Plus numbers are for it because I imagine it it made a nice chunk of change. That would from be that an well. interesting thing. And That'd I don't. Yeah. Well, here's to see. Black Widow earned $60 million worldwide in its opening weekend just from Disney Plus alone. That's separate from its opening weekend box office number. So that's where a big chunk of this is coming from. Yeah. So, you know, it all depends on where it is. It's got really good Rotten Tomatoes sitting at 81%. Oh, yeah. It's it's another certified fresh Marvel movie. I don't think there has been a Marvel movie since Iron Man 3, I want to say, that wasn't certified fresh. Mm -hmm. No, Thor the Dark World wasn't certified fresh. Okay. Iron Man 3 was. Uh, Thor the Dark World was not. I think that was the last one that was not certified fresh, if I'm not mistaken. Which, that's neither here nor there. But I'm sure that's like a, a big thing for Feige. He's like, yeah, no big deal. All certified fresh. Whatever. It's cool, yeah. bro. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Just all of my movies are certified fresh. What have your movies done lately? Nothing? Yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. Good to know. <laughs> So I, I just, I'm kind of sad that Scarlett Johansson finally gets her standalone movie, right? And this is all that she's gonna get, and that's it. Because yeah, you know, I mean, she she's been a big part of the cinematic universe. Oh my she gosh, she was introduced in Iron Man too. So from pretty much from the get go, yeah, she was the third Avenger to get introduced outside yep. of Iron Man and Hulk. Mm-hmm. And then you know she showed up again in Avengers, had a huge part to play in that, more than Hawkeye got. 
Now, granted, Hawkeye's getting his own Disney Plus show, but he's been shafted quite a bit. Right. And then he, she was a huge part of Winter Soldier. You know, it was pretty much the Captain America and Black, Black Widow, Widow movie. show, yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then she was in Age of Ultron. Yet again, had a huge part in that movie. Right. You know? And then just Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yet again, huge part in that. And then we didn't see her again until Infinity War. And then Endgame. Yeah. Obviously, which she played a huge part in both of those. You know, Hawkeye didn't even show up in Infinity War. So no. Poor dude. He's gone. But yeah. I, I really hope that they don't, that Jeremy Renner's not done after the Hawkeye show. I hope Because I feel like he still has more to give. Yeah. But, you know, with that being said, with Natasha, or Scarlett Johansson getting this own movie, I feel like she's had a nice chunk of screen time. She, not as much as she deserved. Oh, I agree Because she's a you. fantastic actress. Yeah. And she I think, just, like you said. She could, she definitely hangs with the boys. And she's yeah. up there, top tier. So. She could have had a movie by herself a while back ago, I think. You're right. I, they probably should have gotten to it a little earlier than they did, but you, you got to really think, like, what they did. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to shift certain. What would she have brought to the table in the the phase three between Civil War and Infinity War? That yeah, in a standalone movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Doctor Strange added to the mix by bringing in the time stuff. Right. Ant Man, Ant Man, the Wasp, because Ant Man was the end of Phase Two, so right. it was just setting him up. But you know everything was about gearing them towards being in the right place for Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I guess that you could have looked at it that way. But I feel like you would have known some shit was up. I, I think so. If Black Widow would have came out in Phase Three, yeah. Because I mean, like the the reason the movie hits so hard emotionally, besides the dark subject material, is because yeah, you she's know gone. Yeah, is, you know Natasha's not here anymore. Exactly. And then. With the end credit scene with Yelena's visiting her grave, like I seriously half expected to hear her whistle, her whistle back, back. I when did she too. whistled at the grave. Like, and they oh. actually they actually talked about that being the end credit scene yeah. where you heard the whistle back and then the screen cut. And I was like, yeah. oh, like that, oh, no, that wouldn't have worked. Like, yeah, that, nope. that would not have been okay. Because at that point, you're like, uh, is she back? Is she not back? We're gonna have to wait five years to get that answer. And right. then it probably would have been just revealed that it was Valentina whistling back to fuck with yeah. her. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, thanks, <laughs> dick. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be back. Oh, yeah. It, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a grand slam, holy shit, we're back. But it was good enough, it, it was, you know. Yeah, it was a cool. And plus it was a good movie. I mean, it was right. it was a good film. Uh, I think, like you said, Shang-Chi is going to be more of what we've come to love. I agree. I think Eternals 2 is going to be fantastic. Plus the cast they have in that. Oh man! Unreal. <laughs> Just Salma stars. Hayek, freaking Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden. Yes. Like t- Brian Tyree Henry. Henry. I mean, all of those. They even got what's her, Gemma Gemma Chang. Is that her name? Gemma Chang. Yeah. She's back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. as another character. Uh huh. Then Minerva, which great, good for her because Minerva was like a one and done. Yes. Got shafted. Needed to be. Speaking of that, I wonder if Jude Law's gonna come back at any point as Marvel. Ooh. He better. <laughs> or no, it wasn't Marvel. It was uh, what was his name in that movie? Yog Yong. I forget. Yeah, Yog. Something like that. It was. He was cool. He was. That was another great. You know, war, like that's Marvel talking about women empowerment again. That was another good thing that Marvel did too. Like they know how to get their message across without being preachy. Beat you over the head with things. Yeah, yeah exactly. Even exactly. in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Right. The speech that. 
Sam gave at the end as Captain America saying, we need to do better, pertinent to our times that we're living yes. through nowadays, but not overly preachy. Like right. it was, don't get me wrong, it was a little bit preachy, but it was a message with purpose. Yeah, and it, it worked message. right. Like, it, like it you wasn't said, it was just like, oh. A message that was pertinent to yeah. now. Yes. And it's like, hey, you know what? These things are going on right now. And you weren't drowning we in it the whole exactly. show, too. Like right. that, they're getting better at the dark material because there was like that scene in Falcon Winter Soldier where they were standing there having a conversation, Sam and Bucky, mm-hmm. and the cops showed up. Right. And they were pretty much, you know, racially profiling. Right. And then Bucky goes, do you not know who this is? And they're like, oh, Mr. Wilson, we're sorry to recognize yeah. you too. It's like, what the fuck difference does that to make? make? Who, exactly. Why does it matter if that it's the Falcon? Exactly. Like they weren't doing anything wrong, you know? It, yeah. It was just enough to make you think about it, but not enough to be like in your face and smearing even, you across. The you know, like you said, and even when the, uh, Elijah's uh, character was introduced and the things he was saying, right? You know, it's like, hey, you know what? These things happen, uh-huh. but it was like, okay, that's his, that's part of history, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, you need to at the end of it, Elijah, even coming around, be like, yeah, you need to have this shield you need to have this mantle right and do what do good with it yeah so. that they're they're i think marvel you know they're back in swing they'll right. be back in full force like we said with shang chi but they're also in a prime position now where all eyes are on them no matter what that they can do some real good and make people really think like comic books are meant to you know? exactly like like captain america right now is getting criticized because he's being too preachy for being an american hater right you know but the movies are in a good spot to be where the comics were 20, 30 years ago to get message across, to make people think about their actions and what they're doing and to That's be, right. you know, role models for people to look up to. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kirby and uh, Stan Lee were very big proponents right. of, you know, civil rights. I mean, X-Men, gay rights, everything. All that yes. were it, made for that. Speaking of that, I read something the other day that – Somebody was upset because Stanley would not let Spider-Man be gay, and he went on a rant about it, saying Stanley was homophobic. They shouldn't put him on pedestal. And then somebody's checked him hard in the comics. Yeah. Somebody goes, "Hold your horses! This is the man that literally created a team, going on about diversity, cultural, social, exactly. everything. Exactly. The whole team's point was about diversity and being accepted, and the fact that they couldn't be accepted and they had to live out societal norms. Yes, like." There is nothing homophobic about that man. Right, exactly. He went above and beyond for everybody else and created teams for every Everyone. walk of life. Exactly. Literally everything. Exactly. So do not for one second call him a homophobic. Homophobe Just wrecked his know, ass up and down the street. My thing is this. I mean, yes, you have to have tolerance for everything. And you have yes. to have, uh, you know, an open heart right. for everybody's point of view and everybody's, you know, the way they believe and the way they right. want to live. But it's like a thing where, okay, it wasn't his job to do every single thing. Right. That but it's like, he covered you know, his bases covered enough yeah. to where even when it was not okay to be doing it, he was doing it because Put that's what he felt was the right thing to do. Black superhero. Right. I mean, come on. It, it, there's a lot of things that he did very well over the years mm-hmm. that were like, okay, that's the last thing you would think he's like, oh, I'm being exclusive. Right. You know? He was just a well-rounded individual right. all the way around. Really cool guy. And it was kind of sad seeing a Marvel movie mm-hmm. without a cameo from Stanley. Because this, this is, is the first one. This is true. I mean, wait, he didn't show up in Far From Home, but there was a 
poster or something with him yeah. on it, right? Like yep. His name was dropped at some point. Yeah. But it was weird seeing a Marvel movie and not looking forward to a Stan Lee cameo. Exactly. Like, I didn't think about that until now, actually, because I, w- I was, you know, I'm already used to the fact that Stan Lee's no longer here. Right. But now I think about it, I'm like, man, that kind of bums me out a little bit that yeah, we don't get any more of a... It's difficult. I mean, we'll get, I'm sure we'll get a lot of voiceovers and different things, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, like you said, it's there, a There's a lot coming up, so, I'm, yeah. I mean, they'll never fill the shoes of no. having, there's no next Stan Lee. Well, there's, here's the thing about it, though. There's no next Stanley as far as you know Marvel goes, especially for the comic books. Yeah. But you're gonna, as far as taking over a mantle or torch, Feige does an amazing job at honoring that memory. Right. You know Just what I mean. Every memory in general. Yeah. Like you know when Chadwick Boseman died. Yeah. They. Not well, no, I'm just him. saying the memory of what Marvel is truly oh, about. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He he gets it, hundred yeah, percent gets he it. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. He knows the mantle, the torch that he carries. Right. You know he's not the first to carry it. No. He is. He is carrying it proudly and well. Right. And he's including all walks of life. And I really like the route they're going now with the movies of incorporating a lot of different walks of life now. Oh yeah. Like Chang Chi is an entirely Asian cast, cast. Yeah. And an Asian director, everything. Yep. Like they went and Black Widow was female dominated female director and then eternals has literally every body you know yeah every type of <laughs> person out there yeah you know they got a, their force their first full gay character, gay character yeah exactly. uh, you know loki was now confirmed to be bisexual which is not shocker it's not right. a precedent no. it's kind yeah. of like a given like yeah we yeah. all know loki's you know whatever loki it's wants fluid. to be yeah, yeah he's exactly. as fluid as fluid get you know, it, the one thing I, I, that drives me bonkers, though, is when people try to push something that's not the way it is. Like, yeah. it, like the Spider-Man thing, right? right? Spider-Man's not a gay man. He's just exactly. not. And trying to force Spider-Man to be gay is just stupid. Because it you, it's you're crazy. defeating the purpose of an actual gay character. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, he gets it. He knows what he's doing. And Feige, we trust always and forever. Like, it just keeps getting solidified more and more. And when you don't think it can anymore, he finds a way to just push it in even further. Oh, he does. I mean, you know, like you said, how are we going to top Endgame? Yeah. In the end of Endgame. Yeah. And those things, you just like, where do we go from now? And it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, we go okay. forward. We go forward. Yeah. Yeah. And after Loki, you know where they're going. Yeah. Like, you got to watch it, man, because that's oh, a whole it. conversation within yeah. itself. So. Coming up, right, Marvel-wise, we got Chang-Chi in September, mm-hmm. which I'm beyond stoked for. Oh, I meant to tell you, do you know how that actor got that role? How? Of Chang-Chi? We, were, we were watched the trailer before we started this episode. Right. But the way he got it is when they announced Chang-Chi that they were going to make that movie, he tweeted at Marvel and said, I'm ready, Marvel. When are we talking about this? And they lit wow. for him and just started talking to him <laughs> based off that tweet. That's the article I read, at least. I'm like, man – just That's talk balls, about man. taking your shot yeah. and getting That's a it. fucking slam dunk, man. That's like, it right what are there. the chances of that happening? So you got Chang Chi in September, you got Eternals in November, Spider Man No Way Home in December, which is gonna just be bomb because you got Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, like they're leaning in hard to some craziness. Yeah. And then you got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with Sam Raimi 
who is the original director for the original three Spider-Man movies coming mm-hmm. into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, and then you got Thor, the Love and Thunder, with Taika Waititi obviously coming mm-hmm. back to make that one. So I can only imagine what that movie's going to be about. Oh, it's – Yeah. And then you got the one I'm most curious to watch just because I want to know what the hell they're going to do with it, which is Black Panda, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Right. Like, I almost said Black Panda. Black Panther, <laughs> Wakanda Forever. I am so curious to see how they're going to have a Black Panther movie. I'm very curious, too, because I don't, you know, what are they going to do? I mean, they, they said they didn't want to recast him. Well, I, I mean, I think they said they weren't going to recast him at this time. Right. I think what they're going to do is they're going to get through this movie and set forth a way to be able to recast Chadwick. Like, this is the movie honoring Chadwick Boseman. Like, this is it. Right. You know I mean, there's oh, the world doesn't stop, unfortunately, because one person That's, died. Yeah, no matter how critical that person was to this character in the story, you the have character to is above the person. Yeah, like unfortunately, that's the way this is, and you can't just shut down the character of Black Panther, who means so much to so many people, because the one person to ever play him and played him immensely well. It's hard to imagine anybody else playing him. Right, passed away. While unfortunate, life has to continue. Right, that's just the way life works. Yeah, definitely. So I'll be curious to see how they step forward after that and where they go. I will be too. I mean, there's so many directions they can go into. I mean. Well, Ryan Coogler's a story genius. He's great. After watching Creed and the way he revitalized the Rocky franchise without Rocky as the (laughs) main main character, character? impressive. It was was amazing. And then Black Panther alone is – I mean it's the first Marvel movie to ever be nominated for an Academy Award. Right. Even though I think it was just special effects, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't anything like what it should have been awarded for. But it's the first one to ever get that honor. So, you know, the dude knows what the hell he's doing. And I'm sure this was probably one of the greatest challenges he's ever faced. Oh, yeah. Is making this movie and writing this movie. And, you yeah, know, it's going to be hard for that cast tough. to come yeah. in and come to work every day and not have Chadwick Boseman. So after that, then you got the Marvels. You got, you know, obviously it's going to have Captain Marvel and Miss mm-hmm. Marvel, Ms. which Marvel's, yeah. Marvel's having her own Disney Plus show before the Marvels. So that'll be right. really cool. And then you got Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is where Jonathan Majors comes in really hardcore to play Kang the Conqueror. Right. And you know, we already talked about – you already know this Jonathan Majors is in. Loki. Loki. Yeah. I already told you the scenes he's in are fucking – whoa! Like I don't <laughs> – I, I don't know what else to say besides <laughs> god damn that dude is – like when you think that you can't top yourselves with Josh Brolin as Thanos – Right. You fucking find this guy yeah. who steals the show from Tom Hiddleston. Jeez. And, like, geez, Tom Hiddleston's hard to steal the show from because he stole a lot of the Thor movies yeah, from Thor yeah. because he's so great. And, you know, the Loki show's amazing because you got Owen Wilson in there. And stands toe to toe. Yeah, exactly. Like, whoever thought really the best great. part of a Marvel TV show would have been Owen Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. And then here comes Jonathan Majors and just fucking's like, no, this is mine now. Thank you. Like, <laughs> yeah. dude's awesome. And then you got Guardians 3. Which is going to be amazing, and thank God they brought James Gunn back. Yes, like, and I don't know if you've been reading the articles, but there's been a lot of James Gunn's been a lot more open recently mm-hmm. with what happened and how it played out, and like, you know, what Feige said to him, okay, and the way he came back and everything. I highly recommend you read those articles because yeah, it's really it cool to see the full story 
and like what he thought when it happened. Because he, I mean, you, you gotta think that that's your whole world. Yeah, no and it doubt. just got shut down. Yeah. And then you know we all remember the support he got not only from the fans but from the cast, cast and the audience. Yeah. So it, it was cool seeing even the fact, and we all knew it, but it was cool hearing it that Feige was even devastated, having to tell him the news that the powers that be said, "No, we sorry, we gotta you. follow the cancel culture yeah. crowd just because of a tweet you sent ten years ago." Like, exactly. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Feige was put in a hard spot there, but I imagine he worked some magic. Oh, I, to get this, get him back. Plus, yeah, there's no. I think the guy has a lot of pull. There's no Guardians without James Gunn. No, I don't think there's so just, either. It doesn't work without James no. Gunn. It's like one of those. He's the only director that will see a superhero superhero trilogy with inside the Marvel Cinematic Universe from beginning to end of just those characters. You know, the the Russo brothers got to do a lot. They got Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity right. War, and Endgame. Some would say that's a story contained with itself. But First Avengers was there first. Now the writers right. were there from the get go, but the Russo brothers didn't get to jump in until hmm. Captain America had already been you know, started. established. Yeah. So. You know, he's the only one that has really got to go through his whole team's trilogy. Wow. He was even a part of Infinity War and Endgame where he's, you know, he was part of the writing process to say, nope, these characters would say this, these characters would do that. Take as you will and go do what you want. Right. Like, he didn't even know about the Gamora death until it was already over. And then he was like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit. <That> sucks. <laughs> <Okay>. Here we <laughs> go. <laughs> so and then uh, after that, you got Fantastic Four, which has no solid release date yet. Right, but I'm beyond stoked at the fact they got John Watts to direct Fantastic Four, which he's 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 the uh, second director besides Gunn that have got to do a whole trilogy because he's done Spider-Man: Homecoming, Far From Home, sure. and No Way Home. Okay. So you know he's he's a solid freaking director, and the fact they got him so young in his career, with because the only movie he had done before <laughs> Homecoming was Clowns, yeah, which is just so a weird much. ass movie, yeah. Is impressive, and it just shows the ability, their ability to take a director who shows promise and, and mold them, that person, and develop yeah. them to be this amazing standout director. No doubt. What else did John John Watts did? Uh, didn't he do that movie, uh, Cop Car? Kevin Bacon. You remember that movie? I do not remember that. It's movie. Uh, where the two kids steal the cop car. It was Kevin Bacon's cop car, and he's like a. a Dirty, dirty cop. Yeah, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. Solid That's movie, right. really yes. solid movie. So you know, he had two good movies under his belt. Right. And then you know he got scooped up for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's where he's wow, lived man. ever since then. So I'll be curious to see where he goes from there. But yeah, okay. Did we give Black Widow a score yet? I think no. we have. Okay, go for it. What do you think? You know what? I mean, honestly, I'd give it an eight. I mean, because like you said, the layers. Yeah. That it that it had in it. Uh, and the depth of character and the interactions between the characters. Right. I think it was a great movie. I'm going to give you give it just a little bit lower of a score. I think like a 7.8. Yeah, just okay. because the ending, like, I didn't mind it so much, but it just, it sits with me. And right. And I'm really thinking, like, what, like, you guys are so good at all this pacing and everything else. What the hell happened here? Were you trying something different? Like, yeah, I'm really the, curious. The continuity of the movie from beginning to end was super except for that part. Right. I mean, and it just like, no. Right. Uh, and stop. I, I have to, I will be so remiss weird. if I didn't say that. I do hope to see Scarlett Johansson again at some point in the Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe, whatever too. shape or form that takes. Yeah. Because I feel like she has more to give to this oh, franchise I do too. and the story and that character. 
and she's already been given and maybe more solo projects for her would be really cool. I think so too, man. Yeah. I, I really don't doubt her ability to play that character and to play a major part in right. the Marvel Universe. Oh, that's one thing I want to bring up as well real quick before we go. Uh, the fact that Natasha didn't get a funeral in Endgame, but Tony mm-hmm. got this big funeral. Yeah. She didn't need that funeral. Like, that's not who she was as a character. Right. She did not need – her friends mourned her, and then she has a grave secluded away from everything else. And that's exactly – like you said, that's her character. Tony's right. character was just bigger, Britain. larger than yeah. life yeah. individual. Like they said in uh, Far From Home. Yeah. Tony didn't even know what Tony was doing most of the time. Yeah. But he was just this bigger, like you said, larger than life character. He had to live up to that standard. Natasha was all about seclusive, yep. being seclusive, living her own little world, changing her identity all the time. Right. She was Behind the shadow the scenes. character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, the people that are saying, oh, Natasha got screwed. No, no. It actually fit her perfectly. It plays out very well. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, her friends mourning her at the lake after they got back. Mm-hmm. Is all she needed because you know how devastating they all were. Yeah, I mean, shit. Hulk ripped out a bench and chucked it yeah. probably halfway across the world. Yeah. So <laughs> you never saw that bench land, no. so it's probably still it's out gone. there going. Yep. <laughs> It'd be funny if it shows up in like Guardians three. All of a sudden, just a bench just flies by Pumped like by. what the fuck? <laughs> uh, Crazy. So yeah, this is a great movie. Highly, highly recommend it. Yes, Get the theaters. I recommend see you go it. see it. Marvel's back in full motion. Wow. So. I know. So sad that it's this long. Seems unreal. Yet again, you know, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, still working on that website. Uh, email sonsofclayproduction at gmail.com. Yeah, feel there. free to f- uh, follow us on uh, Spotify and Facebook and yeah. all the other stuff yeah. that we're on. You know, iTunes. Exactly. We're, we're pretty much everywhere that there is podcasting. We try yeah. to be there so you can find us anywhere tell your friends download 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 yep download comment subscribe tell your friends yeah. the whole nine yards you know uh, if any if you know anybody that likes movies send them our way we don't mind yeah definitely uh, yeah, we'll, we'll speaking to you soon all right i've been kendrick and i've been mark and this has been movies in black and white thanks for listening